Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast. It's your weekly drop back into Whatcom County prep football on the Doug Lang Network at onthedln.com. Now let's hit the huddle with your hosts, Doug Lang, Jeff Bearden, and Tyler Anderson. Welcome to it, episode five of the Cover Three podcast, right here on the Doug Lang Network, www.onthedln.com. So glad to have you listening along. The Cover Three crew, though, well, not quite all up to speed here. It'll just be the two of us tonight as uh, Jeff Bearden unable to participate here tonight. He will be involved in our broadcast of the matchup between Linden and Lakewood on the road in Lakewood coming up on Friday. But it is yours truly, Doug Lang, along with Tyler Anderson from WatkinPreps.com. So, uh, well, this is the second time we've have to, had to go it alone, if you will, without Jeff. And uh, so I'm going to try and work in as many hey bubs as I can. I'm going to start a lot of answers down here like this. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it'll, it'll make it, it'll put a lot of pressure on you, though, Tyler, for the three questions at the end of the big broadcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll okay. See how it goes. All right. Okay. Uh, it, it is week five, uh, and there's there's plenty uh, that that went on, if you will, uh, last week, uh, and and that's where we're going to start. Time for the Cover Three Podcast opening kickoff. We look back at a couple of key games in week four. Our game, Seahome against Blaine. Uh, the Mariners dominate this one, Tyler, 25-3. to And this is the team that we thought we might see early in the season. Now, granted, I think tougher competition in Mount Baker in week two in a game that lopsidedly went to the Mountaineers where they got out to a 31-0 lead in that one. But Seahome really looked good back-to-back victories now and the defense played awfully stout against Blaine yeah I loved what Seahome did on defense especially in the last three quarters of the Centralia game they you know they 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 handled Centralia in those last three quarters they came out against Blaine they punched him in the mouth they held him to like something like 18 yards rushing for the entire game and I think that's what I mean, they've been waiting for that to come along. Yeah, they have a lot of playmakers and they have a great secondary, but those front seven guys, Riley Bear included, they just they just did a great job up front and um, and showed their strength and their size too. Defense has given up just 17 points in the last two games. Looks like they might be tinkering with a few things on the offensive side of things, and we'll get into that with our uh, weekly previews of some of the games for week number five. How about the crazy final eight minutes in the Linden Christian 28-20 come-from-behind victory over Mount Baker? If you weren't there, if you haven't seen the game film, it's very hard to describe it. Just all things that could go right for LC and could go wrong for Mount Baker all occurred in that final eight and a half minutes. Yeah, it's. I mean, I knew the outcome before I watched the game film, and as I was watching it, I would. All I knew was it was the final. Yeah, and so I'm I'm watching it, and I just couldn't believe the timing of some of these things that happened, and. Uh, you know, just costly fumbles, and the last one was a was a scoop and score. So that happened so instantly, and then all of a sudden, there's no there's no time left for Baker to come back. Right. And it just it was just kind of one of those games where those like the last eight minutes, you you just kind of look around and go, what happened? You know, and it goes so fast. Absolutely, I, I think the the sentiment was shared by the victorious coach uh, Dan Kamick. You know, when it got to be twenty to eight, you know that was a point. There was about eight and a half minutes left where we were going. You know what? I'm. I would have left that place feeling so proud of our kids, but uh, offense got us a score, and then the high school kids really are an interesting beast. And as much as our kids got real excited and real invigorated, and defensively we forced a couple turnovers, one of which we turned into a touchdown. Uh, the other, the offense converted, and next thing you know, uh, we kind of walk off. It's pretty crazy. The last eight minutes. I've done this a long time, Doug, as you know, but I don't know if I've seen an eight-minute stretch quite like that. No, I, I, it would be hard to match. There's no doubt about it. Not to be outdone, though, Meridian, 
they have a big comeback of their own. They trailed 14-0 at one point to Nooksack Valley. They come back and win it 21-14. Dawson Logan with the, the game-winning touchdown. Uh, never count out Meridian. You just can't. Uh, but boy, oh boy, what a big win for the Trojans. What a heartbreaking loss for the Pioneers. Yeah, Nooksack looked fantastic in the beginning of the game. They scored touchdowns on their first two drives. And both of both of them were Austin O'Brien scoring from about 16, 18 yards out. And it looked like Nooksack Valley was just going to cruise. But, uh, you know, Coach Ames is not just a pretty face. He, <laughs> he, know, he knows how to coach. And he, he, I'm sure he saw stuff. He talked to his team during halftime. And there was a little bit of adjustments. They knew where to run the ball. They started running and pounding the ball a lot more in the second half. And um, picking up key fourth down conversions, just stuff like that. And then scoring the touchdowns when they needed them to pick up 21-14 win. Yeah, big victory there for the Trojans. Our game this week has Linden traveling down to Lakewood. The Lions are 4-0, and number three in the 2A ranks. They edge Archbishop Murphy 24-21. And, oh, by the way, they do it with a backup quarterback, a big come-from-behind victory. This one was huge in a in a really tough matchup, three versus then number five, the Wildcats, in a game on Friday that lived up to all of its billing. Yeah, I mean, our, you know, Linden scored on their second play from scrimmage on this little bubble, yep. bubble screen. And I think that got them really excited, but then, you know, Archbishop is extremely talented. So they kind of just got and you know just kind of scored a little bit here and there and Linden kind of kept in it but their offense was great and like you said Brock Hepner coming off the bench well coming from receiver to quarterback yep and all I've heard about him is he's a great player unbelievable human being and so <laughs> it's really cool to hear stuff like that and um to have him you know get them down to the field and score game-winning touchdown and it's just it's really really cool absolutely Linden gets that victory 24 21 in a in a week that saw a lot of come from behind victories what you know you've tuned in for that's right a deeper dive into the numbers it's time for a stat check with Tyler Tyler what do you got for us well I was I was noticing how far ahead Jacob Kaepernick is in the passing yardage okay. in the in the county. Yep. And he's he's so, almost lefty sophomore. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's almost 200 yards ahead of Austin O'Brien and he's and they they just throw a lot. And I was thinking when was the last time a Seahome player led the county in passing? Ooh. So I I I just kept looking back, kept looking back. 1974. Whoa. It was uh, Angelo Lograndi, and some of the okay. longtime people will recognize the name. He was six foot four, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, when I interviewed Pat Locker years ago, he said that was the best player he ever played against in high school. Wow, that was from Whatcom County. You weren't even alive when this I game was, was not alive. Sadly, I was. Not alive. I was. <laughs> um, he was so good at quarterback that Notre Dame offered him a full ride scholarship. Wow, and it and and that was the talk that he was going to go. This this is what was going to happen. Unbelievable baseball player as well. First baseman could, you know, he. I heard stories he can drive him out of Joe Martin Stadium all the way to Carl Kozier, you know, the school and all. Very cool. Paul Paul Bunyan type stuff. Sure. He gets drafted by the Cleveland Indians. Kind of the Jake Locker of his time, yeah, if you will. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, he gets drafted by the Cleveland Indians, decides to sign with the Indians to not play football. And uh, he played with the Indians organization from 1975 to 1983. Never he, he topped out at AAA, but he did total 137 home runs and 576 RBIs, which is pretty good numbers for yeah. a, a minor league career. And um, his nephew Travis Lograndi, yeah. If if you ask Coach Lepp who who the who's the best offensive lineman you've ever coached, he'll mm -hmm. th he'll throw out a couple names, but usually the first one is Travis Lograndi. I think Travis also one of the toughest cats out there in the world. Oh yes. yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, just a you know he was a you know a six one two hundred and eighty pound squatty strong yep. you know ran a four point nine or something forty and um and just a really good dude and so it's kind of cool I know that's his uncle and so um you know it's kind of interesting to see that it's been a long time since Seahome has thrown the ball that much and uh, we'll see if he can keep it going. Deep dive into your stats dating all the way back to 1974. Yes, I was alive and no, I was not calling that game. I have not been doing it that long. Seems like it, but no. All right, uh, and uh, final final portion of our opening segment here. This has been the, the biggest question mark that I've come across here from fans and, and listeners and whatnot this season. With 11 2A teams and two divisions in the Northwest Conference, that biggest question coming from football fans of the schools has been, how does the postseason, the playoffs, how do they work this year? Well, I, 
I could try and explain it, but I'd need graphs and flow charts and, and all that kind of stuff. So earlier this week, I talked to NWCAthletics.com statistician and bracketologist Ted House to walk us through the 2A postseason scenarios for the Sky and the Lake Division squads. First of all, uh, the Sky Division is just going to go by standings. Um, they all play each other and they're all in the same league, so that's easy. And then the Lake will be part of the RPI, uh, the six Lake teams plus Liberty and Sammamish. So those eight are going to have an RPI. Um, now, what's going to happen when it comes down to week nine, the top four from the sky are going to have a bye in week nine. They're not going to play. And then the fifth-place team in the sky is going to be put in with the top seven, seven of the eight from the Lake RPI. So those eight are going to match up and play each other on uh, in week nine on October 26th. So the fifth place team in the sky is going to be the number one seed on that day, and they're going to play the lowest RPI team. So uh, that lowest RPI team is going to be their, the number seven RPI. So they're going to be the eighth seed, um, one versus eight, two versus seven, three, six, and five, four. And those are lo- those are loser out contests, correct? And with only right. the four winners advancing to week ten. That's right. That's right. So now moving to week 10, you get four winners from week nine, and they're going to match up against the teams that had to buy the top four from the sky. Now, what's going to happen is they're not going to use RPI now anymore to seed those games. There's going to be a coach's poll that's going to rank the four teams that won on week nine, one through four, and they will match be matched up against the teams that had to buy. So um, let's say that the fifth-place team from the sky won their game. Um, but let's say Liberty is a really good 2A team. They go to state quite a bit. Let's say that uh, the opinion poll from the coaches was that Liberty was better than the sky's fifth-place team. Um, that's how the poll would go. You know, Liberty would take the, the top spot. Um, maybe Sky 5 is next, and then two more teams, um, however the poll comes out. Um, those four will be ranked one through four. And right. And the top team, the, the team that won the Sky division, um, is going to play the lowest seed there. So you're going to get a one versus eight, two versus seven. Let me back up at least as far as the setup just to get it getting to week nine. So obviously – the, the top four teams in the Sky Division, the, they all get a buy. That fifth team in that Sky Division will advance. They will play in week number nine. They'll join that the combination of the teams out of the lake uh, as well as the Kinko teams and, and the Sky – or mark that, I said the lake. The lake and the Kinko teams all based on RPI with those teams as to who will end up playing. That RPI, correct me if I'm wrong, that – it involves only league games, or does it also involve non-conference games as well? Well, I think uh, in the past it has involved non-conference, um, but I think this year they're only using – I'm going to have to check up on this. I think they're only using non-conference in case there's a tie somewhere in the RPI. Then we've moved on uh, past week nine uh, with your winners that have advanced. That seeding, as you mentioned, the polling system of leading coaches for the teams that qualified for the postseason. Is this polling done? When is this polling done? They have a deadline of midnight after week nine games are played. So the night of the 26th, they have to have their poll in and it'll be quickly tabulated and, and out to the public so that they can share films and uh, get to work on scouting and going at each other. Yeah, early in the morning on Saturday, everybody should know who they play. Okay, so after this, then that seeding for those Week 9 winners, using the polling system by the league coaches, um, they'll be seeded 1 through 4 in reverse order. Top team from the Sky Division will play the fourth seeded team out of those Week 9 winners, which is a mix based on who advanced from the Lake as well as the Kinko and, and that will get us to eventually who would move on to state from there, correct? That, that's perfect. Yep, that's how it is. Wow. At least from, from a Whatcom County perspective, 
obviously there's only one team in the sky in Linden, and right now they're sitting in, you know, with an undefeated record. They're, they're feeling very good. There's still plenty of season to go. Uh, for the Whatcom County teams in the Lake Division, your Bellingham, your Seaholm, your Blaine, uh, no guarantee with, depending on how things break down, but pretty good that they will have an opportunity to at least have a chance to move on, uh, by playing in week number nine, correct? Yeah. Yes, we will. It's set up nicely so, you know, everyone, you know, all teams, whether they're in the sky or the lake, have a chance for postseason play, and that keeps the allocations up. Uh, we get four this year. Uh, that's going to drop to three next year, so you'll have two less teams in the playoffs. But um, so four and three every other year, and it's still, you know, no matter which division you're in, gives you a chance at postseason. That is Ted House, the bracketologist and statistician for NWCAthletics.com, chatting with him earlier in the week. Hopefully we made it as clear as mud. If you need the visual displays, Ted has uh, written a full blurb on it on uh, their website at NWCAthletics.com. There's also bracketing available, well, what it would look like for Week 9, obviously without the team slotted in there at this point, and then also once they advance, what it will look like in Week number 10. There will be a quiz in next week week's cover three podcast hopefully you were paying attention it's just that simple all righty time for us to look ahead at week number five matchups we'll do that next as we roll on with the cover three podcast right here on the doug lang network The prep football season is underway, and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Whatcom County. It's the Linden Lions visiting the Lakewood Cougars, September 28th, beginning at 6.45 p.m. Listen live online at www.onthedln.com. Local voice, local teams, local roots. The Doug Lang Network, online at onthedln.com. Welcome back to it. You're listening to the Cover 3 Podcast www.onthedln.com. It's also available to you on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or on the TuneIn app. Download it and listen for free right now. Doug Lang, along with Tyler Anderson from WatkinPreps.com. We are missing our uh, third compatriot as uh, Jeff Bearden is off today. He will be joining us, though, for game action on Friday when we will be at Lakewood High School for the Linden Lions taking on the Cougars. Just one of the many games going on here in week number five, so let's jump into it here with our previews. We begin... With Squalicum, 3-1, and one, they'll take on Meadowdale. An early affair, 5 o'clock, down at Edmonds District Stadium. Meadowdale, 2-2 two and two on the year. The Storm, coming off of a 49 to nothing thrashing of Marysville Getchell last Saturday. Spencer Lloyd, another big one. He combines for 230 total yards with a rushing and a passing touchdown, and you watch that tape, and boy, oh boy, they looked as dominant as they have all season long. Yeah, they look great. You know, Spencer Lloyd runs an 84-yard touchdown on the second play of the, of the game, or from scrimmage, and uh, on defense, they just they just were all over the football. They intercepted four passes, brought two of them back for touchdowns. Uh, Brandon Powers was back, played mostly just defense only. He returned one of the one of the touch, one of the touchdowns. And uh, they looked like a great, complete team at just the right time. The Mavericks out of the 3A West Coast South, they've won their last two games over a winless Linwood and Edmonds Woodway squad, mainly because of the name. Storm coach Nick Lucy says their secondary will be tested by Meadowdale on Friday. They are another team that's really confident throwing the ball all over, and they also want to mix it up and uh, run the ball downhill at uh, you know, play against your quarterback who did a great job of extended plays, throwing from the pocket, and uh, you know, keep him inside and in front of us. And offensively, uh, you know, they're they're big up front, and we got to do a good job of getting body on body and being ready to uh, capitalize on opportunities when we get them, whether it's by turnover or 
just everybody doing their job, you know, at the same time. So, you know, when a run, a run kicks out or we had some open passing, we're able to get the ball there. Once again, that is Squalicum versus Meadowdale, Edmonds District Stadium at 5 o'clock on Friday. If you're heading down, be careful walking on the track. It still haunts me from the uh, early 80s when they put it in. Uh, Lummy Nation at 2-1 and one will play host to Nazelle, a 3-1 and one squad. That's a 6 o'clock affair on Friday. Lummy Nation suffered their first loss of the season last week. They fell to their top rival in Nia Bay, 40-34. to 34. Might not get any easier here after losing to Odessa, 76-14 to 14 in their season opener. Nazel has won three straight over Rainier Christian, Tacoma Baptist, and Darrington by a combined score of, get this, 195-40. to 40. Eight-man football. Make a guy miss. You're heading to the end zone. Love to hear from Blackhawks head coach Jim Sandusky. Unable to catch up with Jim this week. We hope to hear from him next week. A common foe update. Lummy beat Tacoma Baptist 58-50 in week number one. Nazel beat Tacoma Baptist 56-20 in week number three. Make of it what you will as far as the numbers go. To county league action. How about Nooksack Valley at 3-1, taking on fourth-ranked Linden Christian, undefeated on the year, 4-0, 7 o'clock the kickoff. Both teams coming off of league play opening games decided by just one score. Pioneers fell to Meridian 21-14. The Lynx knock off Mount Baker 28-20. And you could really see both teams heading in the direction of their outcomes. Just the disappointment of Nooksack Valley with that come-from-ahead loss and Lyndon Christian, the come-from-behind victory. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting matchup because I, I love Nooksack's offense, and I love Lyndon Christian's defense. And, I you know, Nooksack, Austin O'Brien, you just have to find a way to stop him. It sounds really easy. Sure. You know, um, but he's just he's just a spark plug back there. But, you know, Coach Kamek will come up with some sort of plan to put a spy on him or do something. It's, I think it's going to be a great game. Following their win, the Lynx jumped up six spots in the 1A state rankings. They're at number four. Coach Dan Kamek says they need to build on their offense. He pointed out that his young QB, Trajan Scouten, made some huge throws in the fourth quarter to bring the Lynx back. And we're talking about some like third and longs, fourth and longs, where he came up big after kind of an up and down first three quarters of play. Yeah, he, he was a little erratic. There was a huge play on fourth down in Mount Baker territory leading to their second touchdown of the three. And, you know, he hit Jalen Apol, I believe it was, on a, on a slant for three more yards than they needed. And that was a huge play. He's very accurate. If the receivers run their routes right and, he's, and everyone's on the money, it should work out. Kamek says when you're going up against the Pioneers, you've got to stop quarterback Austin O'Brien. Love what their quarterback does. Really hoping he doesn't do it against us, but he really is one of those extend-the-play guys. You know, as a defensive coordinator, you kind of like everything. If everything plays the way it is, you think you have a plan. But when a guy goes off script and starts scrambling, then that's a concern. So we'll have to control uh, their quarterback. He's had a great, He had a great game against Meridian, so we'll have to be aware of that. But you know, offensively, we just have not really, other than that eight-minute stretch the other day, the last couple of games have been tough for us, and we're really focusing on having a good start and really uh, you know, putting together that complete game that we've been looking for and that we know our kids have in them. Nooksack Valley, they've been bitten by the injury bug all season long. They played Meridian with four starters out last week. In fact, five of their six skill positions were filled by players who did not play the position at the varsity level last year. Possible good news, Nooksack Valley may get wide receiver and defensive back Evan Knightling back this week. Coach Rob Meyer says right now that is up to the senior. Meyer also says that the size of the Lynx, it's very impressive. They're as big of the Lynn Christian group as I've seen in a long, long time. They are very aggressive defensively, and I think their secondary is really aggressive up to the line of scrimmage um, and very fast. I think their front five guys, offensively and defensively, are just tough, tough kids. And uh, there's a reason they've given up so few points this year. The two teams split in their matchups last season. Lyndon Christian winning the first game 28-14. Pioneers took the second 
35-17. about Bellingham at 2 and 2 taking on a Blaine squad in the Border City at 2 and 2. It's a 2A Lake clash. Two teams currently going in different directions. The Red Raiders have won their last two including a 30 to 15 victory over Cedar Crest last Friday. The Borderites, they fell 25 to 3 to see home at Civic Stadium last week. They've lost their last two games and you feel like we well we got to see it. Blaine still searching Bellingham really feels like they found what they want to do, and that is run, run, and run some more. Yeah, Coach Flint loves you know the wing T type offense, and even though they're running kind of like a straight T right now, they have a multitude of backs that they can give the ball to. And Morgan Cavalier is a dynamic runner as a quarterback, and I think he loves that. So they don't bring Spencer Lee in too much to play, but when he does come in, you have to look for number two. Blank Coach Jay Dodd says, expect to see more of Alex Mercado and Sleth Blomine in the running back rotation as they look to find something to kind of just, well, energize that offense. Uh, for Bellingham, welcome back Spencer Lee on offense. The senior totaled 34 yards receiving on three catches with a touchdown, also had a 62-yard fumble return for a score. Dodd says stopping Lee is at the top of the list as they prep for the Red Raiders. Please, Free safety that uh, plays limited wideout. I think it's just due to injury, and we'll, we'll see how he's coming back uh, this week. So, so we'll be ready for for him to play uh, some more offense. What we've seen, but um, you know, in the last few weeks anyway, they've definitely tried to run it and run it at a high percentage, and I think just kind of maintain possession of the ball and and uh, uh, you know just kind of limit the the offensive possessions of the other team. So, uh, you know, when we do have the ball. Um, you know, we got to do a good job of taking advantage of when we have it. On the other side, Bellingham coach Ted Flynn, we just talked about it. He, he wants to run that football, and obviously that means accolades for those guys running into the end zone. But how about a little bit of love for that O-line? When I asked him who's getting it done, here's what the coach had to say. Uh, well, I mean, the whole, the whole offensive line of, uh, of um, Chase Johansson, Gabe Bell, Julian Donahue, Butch Mullins, um, Christian Buttonshorn, Chris Osterling, I mean, that whole offensive line group has been doing great. You don't, you can't get the rushing yards you've had without them. For Blaine, they're going to have to find something to jumpstart it. Their defense way ahead of their offense, and they're still searching right now, but you can't be searching during league time here, especially after a loss to Seaholm last week. Yeah, this is going to be a huge game for Blaine. This is their first league game at home. I think that they'll be pumped up. Last year's game was so close, and yep. it ended in such a – it's just a heartbreaking way for the Borderites – that there's a lot of players on this team that played on that team last year. They'll they're going to remember that. This is going to be a big game for Blaine. Bellingham beat Blaine 36-35 last year. Moving on as we check out the games coming up here in week number five. Two teams ranked in the top ten of the 1A classification will clash in Laurel on Friday. Number nine, Mount Baker, is coming off of a 28-20 loss to Linden Christian. Number six, Meridian, beat Nooksack Valley 21-14 last week turnovers they did in the mountaineers on friday costly fumbles in the fourth quarter allowed linden christian to score 20 unanswered points over the final five minutes to get that win and now it's gut check time of being able to bounce back and flush that one but i guess the nice thing about how competitive the conference is or, or the classification in the 1a in the nwc is if you're the mountaineers you don't have any time to dwell on the past you you got a tough one waiting for you yeah, the time is now. I mean, this is a huge game. And I remember playing for Coach Lepper, and I remember Meridian Week. And it was easy for me. He said, yep. you go kick. I don't <laughs> want you over here. We are going to be hitting some serious – we're going we're to be doing something serious this week. And he didn't want, you know, his little 102-pounder to get hurt probably. So <laughs> I, 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 I think that, you know, this is, this is always a huge game. This is, to me, growing up, this was the rivalry game that I remember. Now they play twice a year. Um, it's going to be a huge game. Mountaineers head coach Ron Lepper says the Trojans, well, they look like the Trojans. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a Meridian team. I mean, they've got uh, skilled guys who play multiple positions and they have speed. You know, they use a, you know, a boatload of uh, formations to try to, you know, get you out of, out of, out of alignment, you know, and, and they swarm the ball on defense and, and they're aggressive. And so, it's a, you know, to me, it's a typical well-coached you know, Meridian team. And, and so um, I know that they you know, got down a little bit early against Nooksack, but they you know, stayed the course and kept battling, kept battling, and eventually got the job done there. And so 
um, we got to be ready to go. I mean, that's just, you know, it, it's going to be a battle. It will indeed be a battle. Another strong performance out of Meridian senior quarterback Dawson Logan. He ran for two touchdowns, including the winning score in their victory over Nooksack Valley. He accounted also for 188 yards on offense. We'd love to let you hear from Coach Ames, and he can uh, tell you that they're all tiny and they have absolutely no chance this week. But unable to catch up with the coach. We'll hope to talk to him next week. Trojans swept the Mountaineers 26-15 and 52-29 last year. Moving on, Mount Lake Terrace comes a calling to the Seaholm Mariners. The Mariners have won two in a row. They're now 2-2 two and two on the year. It includes a dominating 25-3 victory over Blaine last week. The Hawks have also won their last two. They're 2-2 two and two as well. They follow, That's following a 25-8 league win against a winless Anacortes squad last Friday. Seahome head coach Kevin Beeson really liked the way his defense played against the Borderites, but he did tell me that we can expect to see them shake things up on the offensive line this week. And that's big when it comes from Beeson, who takes offensive line play, the former O-lineman himself at high school at Seahome and then at Western Washington University, very seriously. Yeah, I don't know exactly what this shakeup is. I know he's got a lot of guys, and in, and they do run this spread offense. Maybe one of them will be moved to an H-back. Who knows? But uh, if Coach Beeson is, you know, if he says this is the way it's going to be, that's the way it's going to be, and I, I trust him to pull the right strings. Terrace, they uh, they trailed 8-6 to Anacortes at halftime before a big second half allowed them to pick up their first league victory. Hawks are led by senior quarterback, just love the name, Jesse James Martineau who earned second-team All-Wesco honors last year after throwing for over 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns. Coach Beeson says he's impressed with the team's speed out of Mount Lake Terrace. They have some athletes who can really run in space and defend in space. They do. They have some very uh, fast kids, and they, they, they definitely pass the look test on some. Uh, we need, we're going to need to, uh, again, play a sound defense, uh, control the edge, set the edge, or control that and to continue to play uh, with gap integrity and then offense be able to take what they give us. They tend to stay for the umbrella in the back end, uh, trying to take away the deep stuff. So we're going to have to take what they give us there and be able to, again, uh, run the football with authority this week. Mount Lake Terrace beat Seahome 41-40 in a shootout last year to open up the season. And how about Ferndale at 1-3 at Oak Harbor, undefeated on the year, 4-0, 7 o'clock on Friday. The Golden Eagles looking to bounce back from a tough 37-34 loss to Arlington on the road last week. Arlington came back to score 15 points in the final minutes to post that victory. It shouldn't take away from a great performance by Gator Fox. Huge game, 140 yards, 34 carries, four touchdowns. Oh, yeah, and Brian Eby also threw in another 138 yards on the ground. This has all the makings of a Ferndale victory. They just couldn't put it away. Yeah, just just heartbreaking. I mean, Ferndale controlled the clock a lot. They pounded the ball and pounded the ball. Arlington likes to throw the ball. And there was it was just, oh, man, it was it was tough. And I, I felt bad. I, I was rooting for Ferndale, obviously. and uh, But they have some guys that are putting up some big games, like you just said. But, uh Hopefully they can right the ship this week. It, it'll be tough. At 4-0, Oak Harbor has been the class of the Wesco 3A North. The number nine Wildcats, they thumped Stan with 35-7 last week. How about defensively? They've surrendered an average of just over eight points per game through the four contests this season. Remember these names. Uh Hopefully I written, wrote this correctly. Yeah. Uh, Dorian Harden, Caden Leckett, Leckelt, easy for me to say, and Aaron Martinez. Three-pronged rushing attack for the Wildcats. The three combined for 335 yards and four touchdowns in that win over Stanwood. Ferndale coach Jamie Plankovich says Oak Harbor looks very tough to him. They do what they do on both sides of the ball. They're not uh, super complicated. But when you watch them on film, they execute extreme, extremely well. Their kids play really hard. They're physical on both sides of the ball. And um, there's a lot to like as you watch them on, on film, the, the style they play with and how disciplined they are and, and how well they do the things that they've uh, decided is you know, going to be their focus. Ferndale edged Oak Harbor 29-28 last season. And there you have it. That is all the games involving Whatcom County teams 
before week five, except for one, our game this week, Linden at Lakewood. We'll break it down next when the Cover 3 podcast returns right here on the Doug Lang Network. You can now listen to On the DLN on iTunes. Just search for the Doug Lang Network. Click and enjoy. Hi, I'm Doug Lang. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Doug Lang Network. We're happy to present this audio stream and hope you enjoy it. If you're looking for great local sports content like scores, news stories, photos, interviews, blogs, videos, and more, then check us out online at www.onthedln.com. It's the online home of the Doug Lang Network, complete with social media links to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Local voice, local teams, local roots. The Doug Lang Network, online at onthedln.com. Welcome back to it. You're listening to the Cover 3 Podcast on the Doug Lang Network. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, as well as TuneIn Radio. You can also catch us on the website at www.onthedln.com. You know, a a friend of yours that uh, might really enjoy getting up to speed on all things Whatcom County Prep football, well, clue them in on it. Uh, New episodes of the Cover 3 Podcast drop each and every Thursday. All the old episodes are there for you to listen to once again at www.onthedln.com. Well, we previewed all the games for week number five, except for one more. It just happens to be our game of the week. The Doug Lang Network Game of the Week. Linden at Lakewood, Friday, September 28th. Coverage begins at 645 at www.onthedln.com. Breakdown. It is indeed time to break it all down as the Lions and Cougars get ready to square off. They're the two teams with the best overall records in the 2A Sky Division as they will set or get set to clash on Friday. Linden 4-0, and Lakewood 3-1, and Linden hitting the road. The Lions remaining ranked number three in the 2A classification after that big come-from-behind 24-21 victory over number five, then number five, Archbishop Murphy. And as huge a victory as it was, and we already talked about it earlier in the podcast, it's got to be one where Linden can't live off of that 4-0 start on such a tough non-conference and then opening conference victory. This Lakewood team will be tough. They've got to keep it moving forward. Yeah, I think that you you kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it was a tough four games, but Lakewood got them last year. Yep. This, is, this, is, this is something that they're not going to – you know, overlook at all. And uh, I remember speaking uh, late Friday night with uh, defensive coordinator Blake Whitman on the phone. It was probably one in the morning. And he said, <laughs> man, I got to get up in seven hours and start looking at Lakewood stuff. I got to get off the phone. <laughs> so I know that they are not, you know, taking it lightly, but it's it, this is going to be a great matchup. So they need to look forward. Broadcasters, we can look back and, and we will look back at that 24-21 victory over Archbishop Murphy. Linden coach Blake Van Dalen says he was very pleased with his team's resolve in that win over the Wildcats. Well, I was just really proud of our kids because there was a stretch in that game where they scored 14 points in I think 30 seconds and you talk about a big game and a momentum shift. You know, that was that was impressive for kids to gather themselves and recognize that there was still a lot of time on the clock and put together uh, what we thought was an outstanding uh, second half of the third quarter and fourth quarter and, and score 14 unanswered points to beat a very, very physical, big, uh, talented Archbishop team. Linden QB James Marsh threw an early TD pass versus Archbishop Murphy before he was knocked out of the game following a hit to the head. How about his replacement, Brock Hepner? He led the Lions to two scores, one on the ground, and the game winner threw the air to Kobe Elsner in the fourth quarter to secure the win. Uh, this has just been kind of the storyline here for the Lions of different players stepping up all season long. Yeah, it happened in the running back position earlier on. You know, uh, Eric Martin Mann was not available to go in the first uh, few games. He was their leading rusher last year. And Steven DiLorenzo, you know, he's a defensive tackle. He just comes out of nowhere, runs for over 200 yards in week one, and they say, whoa, uh, look what we have here. And that's <laughs> the thing about Linden is, you know, they don't, they just reload and yep. they, they have the guys. I mean, they have backup receivers that are 
six five and you know I mean they just they just have the talent but they all are ready when it's their turn and you know so they 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 can definitely do that kind of stuff Van Dalen says the Lions have been dealing with injuries throughout the season but everybody keeps stepping up what players have impressed so far Jacob Kettle has been just an anchor for us at the left tackle with a couple different linemen having to play next to him um, Brock Hepner, you know, was the one who came in after uh, James got a concussion in the game, and and James had kind of stemmed the momentum going our way, but Brock kind of helped finish the first drive and then get that late score um, for the win. And then we've had three running backs all year. Now that we've lost DiLorenzo um, with a hamstring injury, uh, now Eric Martin-Mann and Trevor Melendez are back right where they were uh, at the beginning or the end of last season, the beginning of this season. So as a whole, uh, it's been everybody doing a much more and much more, but those were a few kids that have really stepped up and, and made some plays for us. The Lions face a Lakewood squad that's coming off of their first loss of the year, 36-14 to Cedro Woolley last Friday. Lakewood held to just a combined 197 yards total in the loss. Cougars, though, they won a share of the 2A conference title a year ago, their first year in the NWC. They are led by junior quarterback Jared Taylor. Van Dalen says he has to rely on his science-teaching background to best match up against Lakewood and their head coach. Dan Teeter is kind of like a mad scientist, and he's got more formations than constellations. I mean, Newton, <laughs> it is quite an interesting uh, thing to go through, and that's why I said earlier our kids will get a great mental challenge on top of a physical challenge because he really does a good job of scheming. So rather than just line up the same way every time and, and smash mouth football like you're going to get with a Ferndale or an Archbishop, this is going to be more of a, if you're not aligned right, he'll have a half a man advantage, and that could be the difference between a big play and, and a stop. And so it's a great mental challenge as well as physical. It is Lakewood who beat Linden last year 26-14, playing host to the Linden Lions. And it, it should be a very good test, I think, for both teams. As right now, Linden's feeling pretty good. We mentioned this earlier, Lakewood, they could really punctuate things in the mid-portion of their season, knocking off Linden at home. Yeah, this could be a huge game for them. You know, I saw them against Bellingham live a few weekends ago, and they are very good at rattling off points very quickly. Yep. And they and on defense, they just knocked the snot out of you. So. Yeah, that was a tight ball game against Bellingham through one half of play, and it all went sideways in that yeah. third quarter against Lakewood before they posted that victory. Nonetheless, you can hear it all on the Doug Lang Network on Friday. That game getting underway, 6.45 with the pregame, 7 o'clock the kickoff. We'll all be down there at Lakewood High School for it with the Cover 3 broadcast crew. Hopefully we'll have you listening along online at www.onthedln.com. And that is our game of the week, but we'll remind you, don't go anywhere. We'll wrap things up with our dogs, cougs, and hawks picks and the much-anticipated three questions for the Cover 3 Minus 1 crew. The prep football season is underway, and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Whatcom County. It's the Linden Lions visiting the Lakewood Cougars, September 28th, beginning at 6.45 p.m. Listen live online at www.onthedln.com. Ah, yes. That can only mean one thing. It is time to wrap up the Cover 3 podcast with three questions. That's right. A little way for you to get to know the Cover 3 broadcast crew well, a little bit better. A little harder this week with only two of your three here in studio, but we'll make it work. Jeff is off today. He'll be at the game with us tomorrow and back at it next week. But Tyler and I, yours truly, Doug Lang, we will try and do our best to answer these questions that I've come up with properly. Tyler does not look happy about this. All right. Tyler, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. <clears throat> what would your walk-up music be and why? If you had walk-up music for just any activity in your day, what would it be and why? 
You know, we did this one year in slow pitch softball. Really? Yeah. Nice. Um, it was mine was Skilos. I wish I was a little bit taller. Ooh, and that uh, that and, is awesome. <laughs> and you and we all know why. Wow. I wow. That that did it did it help your game in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, the mean the softball game? Yes. I thought, I thought you yeah. meant help my game. You're just game overall. No no, 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 no. Did it help your softball game? Uh, sure. I mean, it, it helped the whole team. I thought it was pretty cool, but uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny, and you know, kind of. I always like to be a little self-deprecating, of course. Wow. Okay. Very nice. I like that. Now, see, this is where I'm supposed to be asking Jeff because I haven't really thought about my answers at all. Uh, my walk-up music. What would my walk-up music be? Um, well, just to dovetail off of you, it would be 50 Cent. Uh, hey, shorty, it's your birthday. <laughs> oh. There you go. See, so I will I will be the big guy trying to get a little bit shorter. Tyler's trying to get a little bit taller. There we go. All right, uh, Tyler, best first date food and worst first date food. Now, this may hit a little bit closer to home if anybody's been following Tyler's uh, dating uh, adventures online. Oh, man. I can't believe you went there. All right. First date food, best and worst. Best and worst. Yes. Oh, man. Well, I mean, best would be if if I'm cooking the steak Ooh, for both of us. Wow. Look uh, at you. I, I make a pretty awesome... Uh, ribeye steak and already back at the pad for the first date look at you go well yeah i mean okay you know, i don't deliver so I, okay all right so that's the best uh, worst wow worst i'm a super picky eater okay so well, it's kind fun of, already ladies uh, yeah hello uh so it's i mean i'll eat whatever uh but you know man i can't think of something that's worse i mean maybe i'll go with jeff's salmon there oh uh, yeah okay how about, how about that okay uh, how about just corn on the cob huh <laughs> oh, just you, right in the teeth right okay right. all right uh i'm gonna go worst first date food clearly is ribs uh you just you know hey sally yeah. um how's it going so you say you're a sagittarius huh mm, right. uh, do i have a little bit on my chin yeah not good uh best first date food you gotta go apps. You go apps because you can share. You know what? What? What says love more than sharing pump cheese nachos? <laughs> huh? And that? And that? And that? Yeah, the, just possible. You both reach for the right, same chip at the right, same time. That magic huh? moment. That little zap of electricity. Yep. Or is that just the cheese sauce? <laughs> One or the other. All right. And final of the three questions. Uh, proper etiquette for team jerseys. <clears throat> this is a three-parter. Tyler. How old is too old to be the guy wearing the team jersey? Your name, player's name, or no name on the jersey? And is it okay to wear a different team jersey or different sport jersey to a game? Okay, so the first one is how old is too old. Right. I don't think there is too old. Really? No, I think I love it when I see, you know, uh, a manager wearing the team jersey. Okay. I mean, I I just think it's cool. And if I saw some 90-year-old guy wearing a... Edgar okay. Martinez jersey. I think that's okay. awesome. Just just wearing a wearing a Bobby Wagner, just a <laughs> just a medium, just yeah. tight to his sure. body. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I love All it. right. Okay. Um your name, player name or no name on the jersey? Player name. Player name? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. I mean, uh, I do have a few per- personalized jerseys, but... Uh, With your name or yeah. like wacky name? No, no, okay. my actual name. Yeah. Rammer. Uh, right. Yeah, that kind of... Yeah, nobody, nobody no, enjoys uh, that. Right. Uh, okay. What, what are your thoughts on different team jersey or different sport jersey to an event? Like 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 the guy that goes to the Seahawks game but wears a Mariners jersey or or like you're at a Seahawks game but you're w- against the Browns but the Raiders are your favorite team so you're just going to wear your Raiders jersey. Yeah, I don't I, – I, to me it seems like this person – says, oh, I'm going to go to one of those football games. I right. think I have one yeah. of those football jerseys. Right. So yeah. I, yeah. Uh, you should just be wearing a, a shirt that says sports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go sports. Good luck, local 11. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, how old is too old? Um, man, just because I fear I'm getting to that point. Um, I'm okay with it at any age because I rarely wear them outside of the house. Um, so I and and mainly they're just their soccer, their their kits, their kits, yeah. and and because I don't, I just I don't know, I don't know. That's just me. Your name, player name, or no name. 
I'm going no name, uh, unless it's Manuel Neuer, uh, the keeper for Bayern Munich and the German national team, because he's the coolest guy in the world next to Ricky Henderson. And there are your two that are okay. Ricky Henderson or Manuel Neuer, and I don't care what jersey you put it on. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care at this point. Yeah, you could reverse them. Put Neuer on the A's. Put Ricky Henderson on Bayern Munich. I'd be okay with it. Uh, and uh, different team or sport jersey to a game, horrible. Horrible. You should be thrown out of the game and not allowed to ever, ever come back. Because you are, you are putting zero effort, zero work into it. And, and there are jerseys right there. They're right there. You can yeah. buy them upon walking in. But if you show up to a, a Bears-Vikings game and you are wearing your Golden State Warriors jersey, <laughs> you, you, you deserve to be pummeled. Pummeled. Just off to the side. Not really hurt a lot, but just, just your ego should be bruised very, very badly. Yeah. And there you have it. Hopefully you know, well, stuff you didn't want to know about your Cover 3, or at least two-thirds of your Cover 3 broadcast crew. All right. Well, just about time to put a wrap on it. Hey. Wow, I can't even hear that anymore. I'm going to make that stop and do it all over again like this. Hey! There we go. That is indeed the two-minute warning, which means we got to get on out of here. And it's time to make our picks for the Cougs, the Dogs, and the Hawks. Wazoo hosting Utah Saturday at 3 o'clock. Wazoo coming off of their first loss of the year. Who you got? I got Wazoo purely because they're at home. I think if they played at Utah, it'd be a different story. Go with the stash. In in it just, I I just saw the ads. A new Magnum PI is coming out. I mean, it's the year of the stash. Uh, Wazoo wins this one over Utah. Plus, it's Utah. I just can't I can't get excited. Uh, in another barn burner, BYU at UW. 5.30 actually could be a very good matchup. I just never loved BYU. Go ahead. What you got? Yeah, Huskies at home. Same thing. Huskies at home. I couldn't agree more. Plus, I haven't been there in a while, and I'm dying for a purple haze. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, so get your purple haze in the zone. Tell them Doug sent you. Hey, how about that? Did you see how that worked? Hey-o. Uh, and finally, uh, Seahawks, after their first win of the year over Dallas last week, they're in Arizona. They'll take on the cards Sunday at 105. What you got? Yeah, I think Seattle is going to ride the hot streak and win this game on the road. I think Seattle wins this one, not because they're that good at this point in the season, but the cards are that bad, and Sam Bradford should never be allowed to play in the NFL again. I know he won't start, but yipes. Maybe he'll it's, take the name off his jersey. Yipes. Three to two, your final. Seahawks win it. Enjoy. We'll see you Friday. Linden at Lakewood, 645. Until then, we'll talk to you again right back here for the Cover 3 Podcast on the Doug Lang Network. <laughs>